Thank you for listening to Dr. Dave on Call, where we discuss your health, well-being, and everything in between. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Nyack. I'm a board-certified allergy immunology specialist. I absolutely love exploring relevant health topics and interviewing the experts. Dr. Dave on Call. Hey there. Welcome to Dr. Dave on Call, where we discuss your health, well-being, and everything in between. Dr. Dave here, can't believe that we are already into episode 24, and we're almost at our one-year anniversary for our show. So excited about that. We have an amazing show today. We're going to be talking about sleep and the COVID-19 pandemic. have an outstanding guest lined up. We're going to be talking to Dr. Beth Mallow. She's a sleep specialist at Vanderbilt University. We've listened to your feedback. Many listeners are letting us know about their sleep difficulties during this pandemic, We thought it'd be appropriate to bring on a sleep expert and discuss our sleep. But first, we wanted to remind you that if you are enjoying our podcast, please subscribe to it. Give us a review. We always appreciate your feedback. And if you are watching us on YouTube, give us a like, subscribe to us as well. You can always reach us at social media. Our Twitter handle is at Dr. Dave on call. You can email us to hello at Dr. Dave on call.com. All right, now to the episode We are in almost over a year now into this pandemic. It has been an insane year. I'm sure many of you have had some sort of sleep disturbances during this past year. For me, I have for sure. Um, At first, during the March, April, my sleep routine was thrown off. My daily routine was thrown off too. Kids were remote learning. Our bedtime routines were all screwed up. And, And in the beginning, I found myself watching a ton of late night TV into the evening And it just definitely threw up my sleep schedule. I was getting to bed later. I was waking up later. Sometimes I'd wake up during the night. Um, And there was a ton of stress too. And maybe you've had sleep affected during this pandemic too. Um, Based on diagnostic criteria for chronic insomnia, this is what it uh, entails. It's not being able to sleep for 30 minutes more than three times a week for more than three months. That's a diagnostic criteria for chronic insomnia. So let's talk about sleep in general, right? It's critical for our physical health. Um, It's critical for the functioning of our immune system. It's also a key aspect to our emotional wellness and our mental wellness, um, helping to beat back stress, depression, anxiety. So whether you've had sleep problems before COVID-19 or they've only come on recently, there are a ton of steps that we can take to improve our sleep during this global pandemic. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to address that disruption of daily life that I talked about earlier. Um, And also talk about how anxiety and worry affect our sleep. For myself and as many others, I was worried uh, and still am worried about uh, contracting COVID-19. Obviously, it's less now that we're vaccinated. But during the beginning of that pandemic, it was very stressful. And then during those lockdown periods where we felt intense isolation from our family, our friends, that could definitely affect our mental health and cause issues with our sleep. Not to mention increased work stress, right? People are working from home. Some individuals have lost their jobs or are underemployed right now, and so they're worried about financial insecurity. There are those who have food insecurity. They're wondering where are they going to get their their next meal from. So all of these issues can affect our sleep. And COVID-19 has really reignited 
all of these aspects that can affect our sleep. And so we are excited to bring on Dr. Beth Mallow today. She's professor of neurology and pediatrics. She's also the director of the Vanderbilt Sleep Division. She holds the Burry Endowed Chair for Cognitive Childhood Development, and she serves as vice chair for clinical research in the Department of Neurology. Dr. Mallow is board certified in neurology and sleep medicine. She is an expert in sleep. And want to let you know, too, she's vice chair of the governor-appointed Tennessee Autism Council. Dr. Mallow has a ton of experience in sleep disturbances and uh, within um, pediatric developmental disorders, too. So we are excited to have Dr. Mallow on our show today to talk about sleep during the COVID-19 pandemic. We hope you enjoy this interview. Dr. Mallow, we are so appreciative for you to come on Dr. Dave on call. And uh, as we always start out all of our shows, we like to have our guests introduce themselves. So if you don't mind, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you became interested in the field of uh, sleep medicine? Sure. So I'm Beth Mallow. I'm a neurologist focusing on sleep at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee. And I trained in, as I said, neurology after med school. And I got interested in sleep actually through epilepsy. I was taking care of patients with seizures and I was really impressed by how when they were sleeping better, their seizures came under better control and how when they were in sleep in certain stages of sleep, their brain waves seemed to calm down. So. You know, I thought, wow, this is something to really pay attention to. And that's how I got interested in sleep to begin with. Well, we really appreciate you. You are our first sleep expert on Dr. Dave on call. And um, we're thrilled to speak with you on a variety of topics in sleep, um, many, many which pertain to the COVID-19 pandemic. And as a nation, you know, we already had a, an issue with, obviously, insomnia before the pandemic, but it seems since March of 2020, um, you know, we've learned that many Americans, both adults and kids, are experiencing um, a lot more sleep disturbances, almost like a coronasomnia, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. What are you seeing in your practice? We'd like to know a little bit more um, what's going on in, in, in your practice and the community around you with respect to sleep disturbances and the COVID-19 pandemic. Great question. I would say that there are definitely more problems with both adults and kids sleeping due to the coronavirus pandemic, with one notable exception. I'll I'll just talk about that first because it'll put everything else in context. The notable exception is I've, I've seen that some people who were really struggling because they had to wake up early for something, work, school, they were really shortchanging their sleep because they're allowed to sleep in. It has helped them to some extent, particularly kids. A lot of kids who had to get up early for school, teens who had to be at, I don't know, at at school at 7 or 7.30 a.m., which meant they were getting up at 5 or 5.30 to get ready. They've really done better in in terms of if they've been online, for example. Uh, But for the most part, a lot of other people have really struggled. And to me, it's kind of a combination of a few things. I think the biggest thing is not having a routine. I think routines really ground us and we get up at the same time, we go to bed at the same time, we get out of bed, we get dressed, we get in the car and go to work, whatever. When 
you're working from home or you're not working or, you know what, COVID really threw us for a loop last spring, of course, just total lack of routine developed in a lot of people. And that really, really caused them to start not being able to go to sleep when they wanted to, because they weren't having that activity during the day. So that was factor number one, whether it was kids or adults. I think the second factor is stress and the, the stress of dealing with COVID or dealing with the isolation or not being able to get out, socialize, that is huge. And that I think affected again, kids and adults uh, quite a bit. And then I think the third factor in adults was the um, the alcohol factor. Like I think we were all finding ourselves or many of us were finding ourselves you know, I might have had one drink a week and suddenly I was drinking more like every night or something because it just kind of gave you something to do. It took the edge off, right? And then we know alcohol can suppress sleep and also it can lead to vivid dreams. So we there even was a condition about COVID-related dreams and how that might have been made worse by, you know, drinking alcohol or whatever. So I think those are the three things that I always fall back on. And, and honestly, I think the structure, the lack of structure, the lack of routine is probably the biggest culprit. So we're seeing, you know, a compilation of lack of routine. We don't have, um, you know, that schedule that people need. Um, you know, you have the increased stress levels. People are having financial pressures, fear of contracting the disease or having, you know, living cohabitating with people who may have the disease too. work-life balance is tough. Um, mm-hmm. and then also the alcohol, but it's interesting. You mentioned that in children, um, about, you know, how they can have a later school day start now rather than waking up so early. So they're actually gaining more sleep overall in general, which is very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole other topic we could discuss if you want me to come back on teen sleep and how their sleep is delayed because of puberty and just biological differences. And they release melatonin later, for example, than we do. So it's about two hours delayed. So they, they try to go to bed on time, but they can't. And then they have to wake up early for school because of these early school start times. And what would happen, at least in some kids during COVID, is with online classes, they were either starting school later or they were just not having to get to school. They were able to do their school from their homes. So they didn't have that really early wake time. So they were able to go to bed later and wake up later resulting in more sleep. Well, we'll definitely take you up on that offer. We have a big listener base uh, in turn the realm of pediatrics too as well. I as a parent too would be interested as well. So, um, but you know, we're, we're getting into our second year now of the pandemic and um, people are, are getting used to it, whether it's working from home. And I also think that, you know, some are actually getting a, a, a little bit Um, I would say anxious too, because as we are getting vaccinated, um, you know, we're trying to get back to some sort of um, opening up our economy and possibly coming back to the workplace too. So there's some sort of, uh, you know, balance there too of of figuring out this, but what advice are you giving to your patients regarding um, sleep hygiene and um, how they can manage or treat these disturbances if, if and so they're having them? Yeah. I mean, 
You're right. I think things are opening up more, more and more of us are getting vaccinated. So I do think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it's a great time now to take stock of your sleep habits, especially with it being spring and being, you know, exposed to the bright light and all and, and really trying to get back on track. So when I say getting back on track, getting back to the gym, if you're vaccinated and you feel comfortable doing that, or, you know, if not, going outside for walks or runs or anything comfortable you feel doing, but really getting getting your exercise routine back in, on track, because we know exercise is like the single most important thing you can do to promote your sleep and your health and reduce stress, right? And if you reduce stress, that improves sleep too. So that's one thing, making sure that you don't shortchange your sleep, that you try to get enough sleep, that you have consistency in what you do. Getting exposed to bright light in the morning, because we know bright light in the morning when you wake up can even help you get to bed earlier that night. It, it synchronizes our biological rhythms, minimizing caffeine, minimizing alcohol, all of those things. Oh, and the screens, of course, really trying to, I, mean, I think that's the other, that's probably the fourth thing with COVID that I left out is that we were all glued to our screens to try to understand what was going on with COVID. And uh, it wasn't always the healthiest thing, either reading about the news on your phone or just the bright light from your phone, because we know a bright light can be stimulating and, and suppress our natural melatonin. So, you know, getting off those screens, getting outside, being with family if you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're, you're alluding to basically, you know, our circadian rhythms. And if you don't mind for our listeners, could you just walk us through, um, you know, our normal circadian rhythm and just sort of describe how these, um, you know, the, the advice you're giving in terms of sleep hygiene can, can help that. Sure. So when we say circadian rhythm, what we're referring to is there's actually a biological clock in our brain it's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus as it's in the brain. You can think of it like behind your nose, for example. And what it does is it synchronizes our rhythm with what's going on in the external world. And the number one factor that does that is light, sunlight, because that's why if we go to Europe or anywhere else, we have jet lag until we synchronize with the new time zone. And we do that by, by getting exposed to bright light. So what we wanna do when we wanna think about sleep hygiene and adjusting is we want to be sure that we synchronize our clock with our outside environment. And the best way to do that is to actually get exposed to bright light, but we want that to be at the right time. We want that to be in the morning we want to avoid blue light, which is like bright light, which is what we get from our screens, because that can interfere with our ability to go to bed on time and wake up on time. Um, so that's one of the most critical things that we want to pay attention to as we start fixing our sleep habits. It, yeah, and it's not easy, too, as well. Um, you know, for myself, for example, I've... I've had some sleep issues early on in the pandemic and it took me to actually remove my phone from my bedroom 
uh, when I went to bed and just have just a standard old alarm clock to help me if I needed that in the morning. But what I found is that it really helped me to actually just wind down with a good book, you know, actually reading instead of actually, you know, looking on my phone or if there was an email I needed to answer, etc. So it just promoted me to have at least more discipline to stay away from that, um, you know, the, the, the blue light as you're, as you're alluding to. Yeah, I think that's a really great point that just having the phone in your room can really trigger. And I, I mean, I know teens who sleep with their phones, they hear the notifications go off when they get a new text, and it could be super disruptive to sleep, even apart from the light that's being emitted from these devices. So it's, it's a- kind of like your alarm clock going off five times an hour or whatever. Absolutely. You know, especially with a lot of biometric monitoring too, whether it's your Apple watch or your Fitbit, or, you know, they even have watches that, you know, especially monitoring your sleep. Um, I think that, that it could be, you know, almost like a catch 22, right? You want to know how your sleep is. However, the device that's actually monitoring, it could actually interrupt your sleep, whether it be through text or et cetera. Absolutely. Um, so you're a pediatric, uh, sleep specialist and we really appreciate your, firstly, your work uh, in the community as well as in this population. Let's talk about kids for a a minute here. You know, the concerns we talked about how they had, um, you know, an advantage of getting to bed to sleep in, to get to the online classes, but what concerns are you having for kids, um, in relationship to sleep disorders at a rate, at it relates to their neurodevelopment uh, or other medical or medical conditions, as well as, you know, the social and emotional learning. We've had quite a bit of challenges with, um, you know, hybrid or, or remote learning for, for both kids and, and adults. And that can really lead to, as you said, stress, which can impact their, their sleep. But what are you seeing in the pediatric uh, population now? Yeah, um, I, so, and I probably should preface this by saying that I see kids and adults across the lifespan. I, I'm actually adult trained, but I, there's so few pediatric sleep specialists that I just fell into that after I had kids of my own. I also am very involved in working with kids and adults with disabilities, including autism and ADHD. So I would say that the single most biggest problem I'm seeing is is probably the insomnia. Is it's just really learning how to shut your brain down, whether you're a kid or an adult. I think the the ability to be able to fall asleep and stay asleep is is a is a lost gift, and it's it's something that we really need to help our kids with, and then. The other would probably be sleep deprivation, you know, trying to do so much in a day, especially some of these really highly motivated kids who have so much homework and extracurricular activities and band practice and just really making sleep a priority for them because we all know how we feel when we haven't slept well, right? We feel frustrated, irritable. We're more apt to send that angry email or tweet or post something we don't want to on social media that we'll regret later. And there actually are papers, you know, there's there's research that's been done that's shown that our brains are different 
when we haven't slept, that the parts of the brain that control anxiety and fear are heightened and the parts of our brain that keep those centers in check and under control, the connections are weakened when we're sleep deprived, whether it's a kid or an adult. So it really makes a difference to sleep in terms of our emotional brains, as well as our ability to interact with others, to be social creatures. And more specifically in the patients who have developmental disorders in your practice, are you seeing um, an increased uh, incidence of, of sleep disorders as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that the COVID has really affected everyone, uh, including those with developmental conditions. I, I think that, um, you know, the other thing I would say is that when a family is stressed, the child is oftentimes stressed. And I remember this, and, and, and you may feel this as a parent as well, your, your listeners may, may be able to relate to this, your viewers that when you're having a crazy day and your your kids just start acting out, right? When you're stressed and when you're having a really chaotic day. And I used to be like, why are they picking this day to act out? And I finally realized, oh, it's because I'm stressed. You know, I'm transferring it to them somehow or they're picking up on my level of stress. So I think that even if a child isn't being affected directly by COVID, the fact that their parents are dealing, as you said, with isolation or the worry about picking up the COVID themselves or, or all these enormous financial pressures that have affected our, our society through COVID, the children sense that. And in turn, they have more stress and then that leads to more difficulty sleeping. Absolutely. And, you know, just picking up, uh, piggybacking on the parent um, aspect of stress and how it has affected, you know, for example, our children's sleep too, as well, whether we were in the beginning of the pandemic and, um, you know, working longer hours. And, you know, I, I will say the stay at home orders, uh, through the spring of last year and even into the summer when they didn't have school, it did cause us, you know, a time to just sort of slow things down because we couldn't be running to sports activities, extracurricular activities, or, or meetings at, in the evening. So we would have that time where we could actually, you know, be around the dinner table, eat together, but then naturally lead us to this sort of bedtime routine with them. Um, and, and so asking that natural question, you know, what, what could we do as parents, um, to cultivate a better sleep environment for our, for our kids, just to facilitate a, a more restful sleep for them. What advice would you give us as parents? Yeah, so I think you, you really hit on something that's really important, which is that there are some silver linings to the pandemic. You know, just as I mentioned earlier, this idea that some of the kids were able to sleep in and not have to get up early for school at really, really crazy early hours. Similarly, just like you, we had our kids home from college. We were eating dinner with them. It was really nice in a way, right? And I think that the silver lining of the pandemic, especially as we start opening up and we start getting back into our long days and crazy routines, is to try to remember some of that and to really 
recognize the benefits of everybody getting together around the dinner table, having a bedtime routine at night, uh, being able to get enough sleep at night so you feel well rested during the day. I think that those are really important principles and we don't want to lose sight of them and just go back to the way we were. I, I had somebody tell me the other day or I read somewhere that we really need to treat this pandemic as a window into the next time, that we we don't want to just go back to the way it was. We want to kind of step through the door, so to speak, or the window, so to speak, and then be able to be in a better time, in a better place. And I think the point you made about remembering what we learned during the pandemic with, for example, routines is really profound. I couldn't agree more. And I think I echo your optimism too, as we go forward, as well as, you know, combined sort of angst that I feel as we re-enter society and we all look around in terms of re-entry, you know, how is right. it going to be physically on our body, but emotionally and how that could possibly impact, you know, our sleep? Because quite frankly, um, you know, it is one of the most important actions that we can do to sustain good health longer term. Yeah, absolutely. I I really hope people take some of that to heart, and I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it so that your viewers will maybe get inspired by what by what we're talking about. It's it's just so important uh, just to try to take stock in where we've been and apply it to the future. Absolutely. Dr. Mello, we really appreciate you coming on to Dr. Dave on call. Any last uh, um, forward-looking thoughts on the pandemic as it relates to sleep as we go forward? I think we've covered it. I mean, I think the biggest message I would give your viewers is if they feel like they're not sleeping well and they've tried some simple things, simple routines, gone online, all these sleep tips, tips are out there, and they're still not sleeping, I would say just seek help. You know, you can start with your primary care provider, you could start with a counselor or a therapist, but remember there are like 90 sleep disorders out there, including sleep apnea. I mean, we things we haven't even got into today. So you definitely don't want it to go unchecked because sleep actually has a profound impact on your health and well-being it everything from your heart your lungs your brain to even your mood and how you feel during the day so you just don't want to you want to take it seriously you want to you want to get help if you need it and that would be my message to your viewers is is sleep isn't a fluff thing it really is profound and it can make a huge difference in your health as well as your well-being so take it seriously we appreciate everything dr mallow thank you so much for being on dr dave on call you're very welcome it was my pleasure okay what a great interview with dr mallow talking about our sleep and the covid19 pandemic what a great insight into a common problem that all of us could be experiencing Many of us could be experiencing here during the pandemic. And I think it's worthwhile to note, too, that there is a small subset of patients, too, that are actually doing better uh, in their sleep because now, you know, they're working from home. 
Um, the kids are getting up later too as well. So there are some, some people who are actually sleeping better. But those who are having sleep issues during the pandemic, again, we remember it's critical for our physical health and affecting um, you know, the functioning of our immune system. And it's uh, a key aspect to emotional wellness too and our mental health. So there are key ways that we could help our sleep hygiene too as well, whether that's um, getting more sunshine, right? Taking a walk outside, getting our circadian rhythms back, making sure that we have uh, a routine that we um, stick to as well, whether that's, you know, eating dinner at a certain time or going to bed at a certain time, making sure um, limiting our screen time, especially towards the evenings, um, but also reducing our um, family and, and work stress, you know, achieving that work-life balance, which is really difficult, not only before the pandemic, but during this pandemic. So we really do appreciate Dr. Mallow coming on. We hope that uh, you all are staying safe and healthy during this uh, pandemic as it as it continues to progress. We hope that if you do have an opportunity to get vaccinated, please, please do get your vaccine. Let's tackle this pandemic head on and uh, understand that in order for us to um, beat this pandemic back, beat the variants back, we need to get vaccinated. So we hope you're doing well, and we will see you next time on Dr. Dave on Call. Dr. Dave on Call. Thank you for listening to Dr. Dave on Call, where we discuss your health, well-being, and everything in between. If you have questions, our email is hello at drdaveoncall.com, or you can tweet us at drdaveoncall. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube video casts. Leave us a review as we always appreciate any feedback. Special thanks to our editors, Abel and Sophia Sanchez, our theme song by Ethan Walter, vocals by Alex Lilly. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. We'll see you next time. <music>